What is up, plant people? It is Tuesday, May 12th, 2020. During the coronavirus lockdown, depending on where you are, Texas is starting to open some things back up and, you know, we're going to see how that goes over the next few weeks. But this is Vikram Baliga, your host for the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive in to the lives and careers of some really cool plant people. And I have a great one for you today with a friend of mine named Paige Boyle. Uh, but before we get to that, a couple of things. Y'all, I need new ideas. I need new guests. I've got stuff that I want to talk about, but I want to know what you want me to talk about so that the things that I want to talk about can be the same things that you want me to talk about. I don't know if that made any sense at all, and I don't care. So do me a favor. Send me some ideas, whether you connect on social media or email me at planthropologypod at gmail.com. Or if we're, uh, you know, connected in some other way, shoot me a message, a text message. Drop me an idea. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on the show, I would love to have you. If you're a plant person or a nature person or someone who thinks that what they do can relate to plants. And, you know, we talked about squid last week, so uh, it can just be closely related. I want to talk to you. So uh, shoot me an email, um, connect through the website, find me somehow, and let's get together and let's come up with some new stuff for the show. Um also, reviews. If you want to leave me a review on iTunes or on Podchaser, take a screenshot of it and send it my way. I would love to mail you a handwritten note saying thank you and telling you how awesome you are with a couple of stickers. Also, we have a sponsor for the show, a partner in crime, if you will, except no crimes are being committed, just nerdiness and pecans. So go check out Pecan Ridge at PecanRidge.com. Find all kinds of great gifts, pecan-related products. If you say pumpkin pie to them, they'll probably throw things at you. It's all pecan pie all the time. It's not pronounced pecan. It's called pecan Ridge, PecanRidge.com. Mother's Day was last weekend, but it is not too late to send your mom something cool. So head over there, uh, use the promo code PLANTPEOPLE at checkout and get 10% off your order. So again, that is PecanRidge at PecanRidge.com. Another thing I'm going to start doing at the end of these episodes after the credits is running a promo for a show that you should be listening to. Now, this may be a science or science adjacent show. Uh, it may just be a show that I like or, uh, you know, some um, creators that I'm friends with on Twitter or in person or wherever else, because uh, this is not the only science show out there. There are some really darn good ones. And uh, so stick around through the credits. And um, I'm not going to do a mid roll like a lot of shows do. I want to make sure that my guests and the scientists that I talk to and all the people I talk to kind of get their uh, your undivided attention during the episode, but stick around through the credits. I want you to hear it uh, today. You'll hear a promo for a really cool science show. That's again, a little not safe for, for work. We talked about them recently called Petri dish, but uh, Sean and Nathan do a great job on that show. So stick around through the credits and listen to a quick 30 second promo for Petri dish. So today's guest, Paige Boyle. Uh, Paige and I met at a conference a few years ago and have just kept up through Twitter. And I've followed some of her research and we, you know, interact fairly regularly on there. And I thought what she does would be so interesting for you all to hear about. She is an ecologist. She's researched everything from turf grass to earthworms and now clovers. She's a Ph.D. student right now in ecology at Utah State University, a member of 500 women scientists, uh, very involved in 
um, women in STEM and a big proponent of women in STEM and just really an A plus exceptional human. Uh, We had a great conversation uh, recorded quite some time ago, uh, but you know what? Earthworms are always relevant. So get comfy, put some earbuds in, throw on your headphones, turn up your car speakers and settle yourself in for another wonderful episode of the Planthropology podcast and stay cool. Well, we are recording. So, uh, Paige, thanks for uh, chatting with me today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. How's uh, how's your you, you said your semester started this week. How's it going so far? Have you had classes? Have you done things? It's yet? good. So I'm actually only in one class um, and it's a science communication class, actually. Oh. So pretty excited for that. Um, but we only meet in person once every three ish weeks. So we met last night. It was like a 4.30 to 7 o'clock class, which isn't great. Wow. Um, but yeah, we only meet once every three weeks, so that's nice. <laughs> okay. That's a long time. That just it that feels like long, a very long time. And very late. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you are at Utah State currently, is that correct? Yes. Okay. I always try to do my homework, and I'm, like, afraid that I'm going to say, like, just completely <laughs> the wrong place. I know I will eventually. So uh, how did you get there? Tell me a little bit about your gra- background. How did you get into plants and all the things you do? Yeah. Um, goodness. So I've always loved plants. I'm not good at growing them. Um, but back in, like, middle school, I started a garden. And, you know, we just got a bunch of railroad ties and topsoil and nothing grew, but it was great. (laughs) Um, And then high school, I took some ag classes just as electives and really fell in love with horticulture. And I was on the floriculture team and it was great. Um, So that was actually what I was going to go to college for. Um, I was all set up to go to North Dakota State and uh, study horticulture there. And then my... Last semester of high school, I took an AP environmental science course. And as weird as this probably sounds, we learned about a wastewater treatment facility where they used um, basically just plants to clean the water. And I thought that was fascinating. And so for the longest time, I wanted to be a wastewater treatment facility manager. Okay. (laughs) Um, Looking back, I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, but that's how I got into environmental science. So I ended up going to University of Arkansas for my bachelor's where I got a degree in environmental soil and water science. Um, really loved it. Was looking for some grad school options. Um, I had done some research during my undergrad on earth or not earthworms on composting. Um, And my advisor there was working with Dr. Richardson in the horticulture department, trying to figure out this earthworm problem. And uh, they couldn't really find anyone else that wanted to take over the project. And so that's how I got shuttled into it. (laughs) Um, I didn't really want the project either at the time, but I'm really glad I did now. Okay. Um, So I did my master's with Dr. Richardson, um, looking at earthworm control on golf courses. Okay. And then um, at ASA back in Tampa, I think, 
he introduced me to Dr. Cope, who's one of the few female turfgrass scientists. Um, and so I came out here maybe a year after that for a tour and here I am two okay. years later. That's, that's awesome. Um, so it's funny how much that happens that, uh, you know, you get into a program and it's like, well, there's funding and yeah. that's, that's <laughs> why I studied olives in my master's. I didn't know that I cared about olive trees, but right. <laughs> uh, I think we end up, you know, finding things that we're passionate about. Um, yeah. through that. So, uh, I want to get back to earthworms. I think I'm, I'm very interested in, in earthworms <laughs> and composting and just, um, you know, and, and even what you talked about, about wastewater processing and just bioremediation and all that. So I'll talk about that a little bit, but, um, so your, your current research, what are you, uh, what are you working on right now? Yeah, right now I am looking at uh, four different clover species and mixing those in with Kentucky bluegrass for kind of these ecolons. Hmm. Um, it's not super big out here, but up in Minnesota, they just started a rebate program for uh, like lawns to legumes, I think it's what it's called. Oh, okay. Um, so converting your lawn into some sort of pollinator friendly habitat. Um, but a lot of the research has only looked at like white clover or some of these like English daisy, things like that. Mm -hmm. And while I was at Arkansas, Michelle Wisdom was doing some research on um, including bulbs for early forage for pollinators and some of these clovers and things like that. Um, so I got interested in that um, watching her research. And so just kind of brought that out here and it's been a lot of fun. Okay. So. That's, that's really cool. And I think, um, you know, so my, uh, my degree, my PhD, assuming I finish it, I think I will <laughs> hopefully, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I will have defended and will have passed that. Um, yeah, I just try not to think about I, like, that. <laughs> just like some, it's just general anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, there, there's it's like there's always something like floating over my head like it's always there it's always there last night last night just randomly like i have not heard anything about my comp exams nothing but last night i just woke up in a panic about them so it <laughs> it just lingers <laughs> it's it's real life folks yep. like i for whatever reason grad school just like gets in your brain and then it's there. It's just there forever. Yes, it does. Um, well, you know, that's, but that's really cool. And I, you know, so my, my degree will be in turf grass, but I've studied more, um, of the water conservation side. Um, how common do you think it is? Uh, uh well, so, so two questions here. First, you know, you're talking about, um, researching on, on mixed lawns and, and like you said, eco lawns, which I think is, mm -hmm where we're going to have to head. I, I think it, at some point we don't have a choice, but to be um, more diverse with our species selection and uh, more conservative right. with our models and stuff like that. Do you find pushback on that? Like in the industry? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've had a lot of controversial research topics in general. Uh, I get a lot of pushback on the earthworms. Okay. Um, yeah, people are not excited about clover inclusion. Um, and I think part of that issue is if you include things like clovers or English daisies, some of these broadleaves, um, 
you can't control other weedy species. Right. Okay. And so that's a big barrier and not a lot is known about some of these clover species in general, not even as it relates to inclusion in turf, but I mean, rose clover, I had never heard of, um, I'm using crimson clover, which a lot is known, but okay. it's all pasture settings. Okay. Um, so just people don't know and people don't know that it's an option. And especially out here in the West, people are moving towards xeriscaping sure. instead of these lawn systems. And so that's one thing that is kind of hard to tackle is, okay, I guess you could have rocks in your lawn, but then you're losing <laughs> all of these um, functions that yeah. turf or some of these mixtures can provide. So if we include some of these other species, then you get some of these benefits that people don't think about. And that might be, a selling point for keeping your lawn. Sure. Well, no, and that, that's, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. That's really great. Cause I think that, um, we have kind of fallen into the industry parts of the industry where it's all or nothing, right? It's like you have yeah. just perfectly manicured. I, I don't know what grass species you have. We grow Bermuda grass here. So no, we do not grow Bermuda grass it's here. Too, it's probably too cold, <laughs> uh, right? Fescue and bluegrass. Okay, right. So we're right in the zone where Bermuda grass does well half the year and fescue does well half the year. But at some point, regardless of what you have, your lawn's going to look like crap. That's right. my part of the country. Um, yep. And so, but but people here, especially, and I guess I can't speak too much to anywhere else, are like, either you have just have rocks or either you just have grass and like this, this mixed um, landscape is really for me. I like that. I, as someone who knows about plants, I would rather have plant cover than rocks. Yeah. Same. But, but at the same time, like I do understand that at some point, some of our current and past practices are maybe not as sustainable as um, we would really like. So, yeah, uh, no, that's, that's really cool research. And I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, where that goes and, and what we find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's again, another thing about research. It's like, it, we may find something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, so um, this, this, okay. The second half of that question. And um, I, I was looking at, and I, I hope this isn't creepy, but I was looking at your website earlier. Uh, I like to try to do at least a little That's bit. That's what of, it's there for. Well, I know. Uh, I like to do at least a little bit of, um, I was going to say creeping. That's not the word I meant, but uh, just a little bit of research on my guests before I talk. Just right. just so I'm not like, so who are you? You know, um, which, by the way, uh, if if I don't have a professional, like personal website like this and it's fan yours is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, I mean, but, but really, this is like. I don't know why I've never thought to make myself one of these, but uh, it's really good. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, I see that you've done um, a little bit of in, uh, a little bit of work, and you're involved with like women in STEM programs and women in turf and things like that. And you mentioned when you were um, uh, talking a little bit ago that you found the one female um, turfgrass, you know, researcher. Um, what what's that? Like, you know, I, I can't speak to that experience what's that been like for you being um you know a woman researching in a stem field and and especially a stem field that is so massively male dominated yes yeah turf is insanely male dominated um I mean, I'll be in a room when I'm at GIS or one of these talks and, you know, it's a hundred people in the audience and I'm the only 
woman. Right. Um, so it's really interesting. Uh, sometimes I have to, I don't know, think about what I'm about to say a little bit more maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and accept what others say a little bit more and just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And I mean, it's the turf industry has been so much more welcoming than some of these other industries that I've been in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. The industry as a whole is amazing. And I really hope that I can stay working with this group of people. Um, but I am really passionate about, advancing women in STEM. And so that's why I do participate in 500 Women Scientists and Skype a Scientist. You and I have talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to show that scientists aren't, you know, middle-aged white men necessarily. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, a lot of them are. Sure. But I, science is becoming such a diverse area. And I think it's really important to highlight that. Um and make sure that the younger generations know that they do belong here because they can bring some different viewpoints to things. Yeah. Um, I think that's also important for some of this, like kind of out of the box research that I personally have been involved in, mm -hmm. in turf. Um, I know nothing about turf, but I know a lot about earthworms and turf and I know a lot about clover and turf and that's important. Um, so I don't know. It's just been it's been a wild ride, but I love it. Oh, yeah. No, that that's great. I'm sure it has been, um, <laughs> I, you know, because I you know, and, and you said that, you know, you go to these meetings and I've spoken at a few turf meetings and I've noticed, you know, you, you every time you speak, I think you survey the audience because you've got to see what can you say? What shouldn't you yes. say? And, and, <laughs> and for, for better or worse, I tend to just say things. And I get in trouble for it a lot, but I tend to just say stuff. But you're, you're certainly right that at a lot of these turf meetings, you look around and there's maybe one or two women in the audience, maybe mm -hmm. on a, a you yeah. know, and that's a pretty inclusive like like group. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a lot of respect for that, that, um, you know, my, my wife works in the sciences as well, and she's in informal education. She is the education coordinator at Science Museum, and they do they try to do a lot of programming um, for uh, girls in STEM fields, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's through um, some there's some grants and some uh, different educational region programming or like through the Girl Scouts and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, and it, it's something that I think we can all be we all should and need to be more aware of that. Um, the way that school systems are built and the way that information is presented, I, I again, I'm kind of speaking from the outside here, but it seems like young women are not necessarily incentivized or pushed towards science fields. And I, I hope that's changing. Right. I feel like that's changing to, to some extent. I feel like it is. And I mean, I'm so I'm doing um, what's it called? Letters to a pre-scientist right now this semester as well. And it's been really interesting because they do studies or they present studies during our training and they have students and these are all middle-aged students draw pictures of a scientist mm -hmm. and before and after programs like these and almost I mean, a vast majority of them before programs like Skype a Scientist or something where they bring in scientists. Mm -hmm. It's a white man in a lab coat dealing with little beakers of chemicals. But afterwards, you see that they do 
show more diversity. And it's a really interesting um, thing to see how just something little like Skyping with a scientist that isn't a white man can change the viewpoint of these students. And so I think we're moving in the right direction. That's awesome. That's really good to hear. That's like really good to hear. (laughs) Um, Okay. So earthworms. Uh, I am. I like earthworms. I know very little (laughs) about earthworms. I knew nothing before my master's. So, (laughs) but you seem like you're super interested in earthworms now. Like that's a a thing, right? (laughs) Like how bizarre. Yeah. I took this project that no one else wanted and it's been great. Um, yeah. Who knew earthworms? So okay. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so so okay. There are are they a problem? Like they cause an issue, or like the lack of earthworms causes an issue? I don't know if I asked that well. No. It, yeah. No. I get what you're saying. So coming into this project from an environmental standpoint, like I always thought, like earthworms are great. Turns out that. That's not always the case. So on golf courses specifically, um, there are species that are invasive to the U.S. and they come up into these sandy greens or a lot of times fairways as well. And they come up to the surface and they'll poop and it causes a lot of issues, Um, mostly with maintenance. Um, They can build up on the reels of mowers and all of that and cause issues with mowing. Um, but they also can cause disease or bring up weed seeds or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're also a really big problem in forest uh, where they can eat through that litter layer really quickly. Huh. And so the entire nutrient cycling of that system is now different than it would have been without those invasive earthworms. Um so yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. That's fascinating. Okay, that's fascinating yeah. <laughs> because because like you said, my you know head canon for earthworms is that earthworms good, right? Yeah. Like regardless, yeah. if you see an earthworm, he's your buddy. He's right? good for your plants, good for your soul, whatever. <laughs> and it never. And I don't know why. You know, I deal with invasive species and plants. An invasive earthworm never even occurred to me. Like I never yeah. even thought of that. There are. I'm trying to think like two or three earthworm uh, genera that are native to the U S mm-hmm. but it's mostly areas that were not under glaciers before. Hmm. Um, so mostly East coast, West coast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these species have come in from Asia and Europe. And I mean, many, many years ago, Sure, but they're changing the entire system and especially on golf courses that are not natural systems you're bringing in these invasives and yeah they can have really interesting and not great effects so okay that that kind of just i'm sorry i'm just sitting here because that kind of blew my (laughs) mind a little bit um and it, it drives home the point to me um a little bit of how complex ecosystem sciences are and, and uh, plant sciences and, and everything in between. I think there's maybe a little bit of um, 
a misconception out there when we talk about plant sciences and ecosystems. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's that like some of the stuff we do just isn't as sexy as like, oh, I'm researching a cure for cancer. And, right. and those yeah. things are good. Now, controlling earthworms. Right. Like. Right. <laughs> um, or I'm. I, I literally watch grass grow. Like that is my, yeah. that was my research project. I watched grass grow. <laughs> um, but when you start to really break it down and think about it, I mean, and, and I'm glad there are people that do the, the flashier side of science and all of that. I'm glad those people that are there. But the fact that even as something as simple uh, as an earthworm moving into a forest system can change the entire nutrient balance of that ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and it, it just makes me think about all the unintended, unintended consequences we have when we start messing with natural systems. Yeah, for sure. And and it, it makes me ask the question a little bit, uh, which is maybe beyond the scope of what we're talking about here. But uh, how many like really, truly natural systems are left? Um because yeah, I actually just led a lab discussion last semester about this idea of novel ecosystems mm-hmm. and the idea that people want to revert back to historical norms, but how do we decide what point in history is natural and normal and native? Yeah. Because it's changed so much and even reverting back to some of these ecosystem standards that might have been natural 50 or 100 or several hundred years ago might not be sustainable in our current climate or society or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, this whole idea of like novel ecosystems, what's natural, is anything natural anymore? It's really interesting. It's it's interesting and like a little scary. Yes. <laughs> like, like, uh, that's one of those things that you almost have to try not to think about too hard, yes. like all the time, <laughs> or yep. like you said, or you'll wake up in the middle of the night, like <laughs> there's earthworms everywhere. Like they're, yep. they're taking over. Um, oh man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, a, a little bit about the science communication stuff you do because we, and we, we've touched on it through like Skype scientist and some of these other programs, but you also work, um, quite a bit. It seems like with like the, the science societies, the agricultural society and uh, crop science and all those groups. Um, how did you, and I don't even know how to ask the question I want to ask really, but how did you get into being so involved with some of these um, professional science organizations? Uh, Kind of by accident, like most of the things that I get involved in. Um, Back in Tampa, I guess, I participated in the uh, Graduate Student Leadership Conference Mm -hmm. that the Tri-Societies puts on every year. Mm -hmm. And I met some really cool grad students, which was kind of part of the point of the whole session. Right. and wanted to get a little bit more involved in the societies, didn't know what that might look like. And then last year I was invited to join the um, graduate student committee that's part of the Tri-Societies. And we helped organize, oh, I don't even know, a ton of sessions Mm -hmm. for this last meeting. Back in, where were we this year? I don't even know. It was only two months ago. <laughs> they kind of run together. <laughs> Wherever we were last year, um, we ran a bunch of sessions. And then as part of my work with that committee, I got asked to participate 
kind of last minute on the um, Crop Science Society's uh, student-wide competition. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really help organize that one this year, but I will be more involved next year because I only got brought in on a couple of weeks before the meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was when we had one student from every uh, Crop Science division participate in kind of a society-wide competition. They had to do a poster and like a five-minute rapid talk. So that was really interesting. And then I got asked to participate this year um, in the kind of undergrad mentoring grad student Mm -hmm. advancement. I don't know what it's called, uh, committee. Okay. But basically helping undergrads figure out if they want to go to grad student or grad school. Okay. And yeah, so just kind of from that, it snowballed and... I'm also on the C5 division grad student committee. Also by accident, I gave a suggestion <laughs> about what what the uh, workshop might be and got pulled into that. And um, But it's been great. I've met a lot of people and it's great for my CV. So. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yo, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's pretty intense. You, uh, you're way, way, it is a lot. <laughs> you're way more involved than I think I ever have. All by accident. Well, that's, yeah. It's, and a lack of being able to say no. Uh, yeah, that too. Well, and like, you've got to be <laughs> real careful if you're out there listening and you're a grad student or anybody, you've got to be real careful making suggestions, uh, yes. because people will be like, that is a great idea. Let me know how it goes. Yep. It's like, uh, oh, oh no, I, Okay. <laughs> I was hoping someone yeah. else would do that. Yeah. Yep. Learn to say no. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, I, I always ask like for one piece of advice, like from the people I talk to, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yes, it is. And I wish I had learned it. I still have not, but. Oh, I, I'm bad at it too. I'm really bad at it too. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, sure. I can do that. But, yeah. you know, and but I think that's, that's actually a really important thing to discuss a little bit is in academia, especially as a grad student, um, Everyone from your um, committee to the university, everyone wants you to do something, Um, especially if you're capable, right? Especially if you are um, smart and driven and ambitious and capable, like which we we all should be. And I think we all are in in different ways. But uh, it's like, oh, well, we need you to kind of take on this other project. Or can you oversee this undergrad doing something? Yeah, it can build really quickly. but ultimately, like it's it's like our careers, right? Like, so we have to do our research and we have to do our writing and we have to graduate for our own personal careers. And so, I, I'm yeah, I can't I can't really talk. I don't have a leg to stand on about saying no to things. But me neither. <laughs> but, but that is that is something really important. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so something interesting. I think so. We I think we actually met. Um, just briefly at that, that Tampa conference, just at dinner one night or something, yep. uh, we're both kind of in the turf world. Uh, and then have just kind of like kept up on Twitter, um, since then, uh, academic Twitter is such an interesting thing. I was so, so against Twitter. And then during my master's, I realized that the turf community is so active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And if you're a grad student and you're not on Twitter, no one knows about you. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was so against it, but I'm so glad that I joined now and that I'm somewhat active because it has led to, I mean, I'm giving four or five talks this year about wow. earthworms. I 
was contacted about doing the BMPs for Utah golf mm-hmm. courses because of Twitter. And so it's been really great for me, but it is such a bizarre world. It's it, it no, it really <laughs> is. Um, and, and what I have, what I thought was interesting and, and, it, it is an interesting dynamic because on the one hand, I think you connect with all these other grad students and academics and um, see the struggles that people go through. And, mm-hmm. and I think it, it kind of makes our, you know, cause we, I think we, we struggle sometimes in academia with like just circling the wagons and drawing in. And it's like you and your, maybe your lab group, maybe just you kind of against right. the world. Sometimes it feels that way. Um, so it is interesting getting to get on there and see like, Oh, there's this grad student in Europe that's dealing with the same um, issues with academia that I am. But, but sometimes I also feel like just reading through some of these posts that it just becomes like an echo chamber again. And like, I agree. Yes. (laughs) um, So, so it's an interesting, just, just kind of dichotomy there between the, I mean, cause there's a lot of good to it, but sometimes I think we just complain a little bit. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I know I do. Which I mean, like coming here to Utah, I don't have a lab group really. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, coming from Arkansas where we had, you know, six or seven really good grad students that were pretty close mm-hmm. and we could support each other. And then coming here where I'm basically on my own, my advisor was, you know, on sabbatical for a year. And wow. um, it's been good for me personally because I see those other people and like, I don't have anyone here or I didn't at the time to talk about those issues with, mm-hmm. but yes, it can definitely become kind of a rabbit hole of not necessarily negativity, but just rehashing the same issues over sure. and over. <laughs> sure. Um, but you know, and, and some, but that also does point to, um, you know, as and as younger academics like you and I are, uh, I don't I don't know that I consider myself young anymore. I'm in my, I don't know that I do either. I'm, but. I, yeah, no, I'm like I'm in my 30s, and I'm like I'm a, I'm not young anymore. I'm, I'm getting old, but um, but you know, as maybe as people who are early in their career, maybe that's a better way to say. Right. It. Um, I think things like this this Twitter community and just podcasts, different things like that, maybe they point out some of the things in the whole academic culture that need work. Right. Um, and as people that are kind of the next generation of academics, seeing some of those issues may be a little more um, openly discussed and, and things like that. Right. Hopefully and will pay dividends. Yeah. We can keep those ideas in mind as we kind of move forward into these higher positions and um, address some of those issues that we currently are facing instead of just, keeping in this cycle right that everyone's kind of stuck in right now yeah and it's 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 a weird world if you're not in academia like yeah. it's it's a weird world for sure <laughs> um so we've done about half an hour um what else what did, what didn't i cover i mean uh i'm trying to remember because uh, again I, I read through your website earlier and i was like okay i have questions and then i didn't <laughs> write them down because i'm really bad at stuff um but uh, okay, so we ta- we talked about the saying no thing. Um, what if do you have any like if you could whether it's to a graduate student, whether it's to someone I don't know who wants earthworms in their yard or something like that. If you could give a piece of advice just to our listeners, uh, I guess another one, what would that be? I say just experiment. Um, just going back to the lawns, like 
plant some bulbs, see what happens, plant some clover, take care of the bees. I don't know. Just everyone gets so stuck in this monoculture, lush green grass idea. And I think there's so much creativity that we're losing because of that. And so just get a little weird, do something new. <laughs> I like that. I would, I would wear that t-shirt just like, like a, like a turf t-shirt that just says, get a little weird. I would definitely wear that. Um, that's, I no, might have to add that to my website. I think you should. I de- <laughs> like, I don't know if every, everyone needs a slogan. I don't know. Um, uh, no, that's, that's really good advice of just don't be scared to try something new. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Not going to mess. If it doesn't up. work, you can kill it and start new. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> at some point, it's like, well, half the planet's on fire right now, anyway. So, right. yeah. like, uh, eh, try new stuff. What's what's the worst thing? I mean, yep. I, sh- I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I should not say that. But like, <laughs> try new things. I think that's great. So, where can people find you? What um, plug your stuff? Let us know what's out there. Yeah, I am at Boiled Worms B O Y L E D on Twitter. I have a website. I don't even know what it is, but it's on my Twitter. I'll, I'll link it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm I'm just around. If anyone wants to talk earthworms, clover, compost, okay, always happy to talk. Oh, oh! Before I let I get, let you go, I remember the other thing I wanted to talk about or ask you about. What is your favorite earthworm fact? What okay. is the weirdest thing you know about earthworms? <laughs> uh, they're hermaphrodites. Which is pretty interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. No, that's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of them. So there's this one called the uh, crazy Asian stinkworm or okay. the, uh, the snake worm. Sometimes they call it. And if you touch it, it literally looks like a snake. It'll like thrash around. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I've only seen one of them in person in my life <laughs> but they're so bizarre it's crazy huh i'll uh, i'll find a picture of one you of should, those yes. or a video and i'll put it in the in the post that goes with this well Paige, thanks so much for talking with me i really enjoyed that um i think that was a just a great overview of a lot of cool things thank you so some take-home messages for today. Uh, Paige is really cool and has done a little bit of everything. Uh, earthworms are totally wild. Totally wild. And you should learn to say no to stuff. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, y'all are really the best. Uh, you can connect with us, as always, on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. Search for Planthropology. It's Anthropology with a PL slapped on the front. Look for the green background with the white tree, and that'll be us. Thanks, as always, to the Texas Tech Department of Plant and Soil Science for all of their support of this show and all of their support of me. It's really just the best place to work in academia. Uh, I'll be back next week with Abby Morrison, who is the host of the Field Lab Earth podcast, which is another show you should be listening to. It's wonderful, and I'm really excited about that episode. Uh, We're going to go back in June to our regularly scheduled twice a month uh, program, but there's a cool project that I'm working on with a buddy that you should be excited about, and you will hear a lot more about soon. But as always, y'all are awesome, and stick around just a little bit longer to learn some more about the Petri Dish podcast, starting in five Four, three, two, one. Ich bin ein Science. Science. Cannabinoids. Genetics. Coronavirus. Dogs. This is Petri Dish. Science. Science. 
We're a science podcast exploring complex subjects with clarity and evil humor. Join the scientific revolution. Join Petri Dish, dropping every Monday on anchor.fm slash Petri Dish. Ha!